Hello and welcome to Sunny Side Up. My name is Mithul Shah, CEO of Demand Matrix. Sunny Side Up is 15 minutes of concentrated analysis and advice from startup founders, B2B marketers, sales and product leaders. Hello and uh, welcome to Sunny Side Up podcast series. Thank you everyone. This podcast is hosted by Demand Matrix. My name is Mithul Shah. I'm the CEO of Demand Matrix and your host today. And uh, today is a special episode and it is indeed very special. We have uh, Scott Brinker. For our audience uh, who who don't know Scott, well, then I think you have missed out on many things. <laughs> Scott is an entrepreneur, a technologist, marketer, author, and uh, most famously often referred as a father for MarTech, for MarTech industry. And his uh, MarTech landscape chart, that includes, I think, more than uh, 8,000 companies. And he has a very popular chief marketing technology blog at uh, chiefmartech.com. Dot com. So, Scott, welcome. Thank you. Great to be with you. Awesome. So, Scott, usually we ask our guests to tell a little bit about themselves, but I'm sure that majority of our audience is familiar with you and your work. So, I was thinking that let's, let's probably change a little bit of that. And then, uh, is there anything you think our audience doesn't know and that's not been yet written that uh, you can tell our audience? Well, you know what I started out in my career, I was actually uh, pursuing a different intersection of art and science. I was uh, pursuing uh, music engineering. And uh, yeah, kind of fascinating to see that, uh, yeah, in a weird way, uh, instead of orchestrating one kind of thing, it's now about orchestrating something else. So big circle. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So would you, if you were not in this industry, would you would have chosen to be uh, a musician or uh... You know, I don't know, as a music editor, or would that have been uh, your career choice or career path? I would have loved to end up somewhere in the music uh, side of things. That that's a hard career. <laughs> I've had a number of friends in that, so I've yeah, I, I my work is easy compared to making a living in music. So uh, my hats off to them. I dabbled into it a little bit, and I thought I was decent at it, but I soon realized that this is not something. So that infatuation, you know, wore off really, really fast for me. Well, you know, life takes the course uh, it's meant to. A little bit of destiny. Oh, absolutely. So jumping into the the Martech you know, landscape. And so you famously created the MarTech landscape chart, say in 2011, there were close to 150 vendors, which now spills over fast forwarding 2018 and maybe 19. You know, there are more than 7,000 MarTech companies, which I'm sure would be hard to not fit into the, that whole chart. And Probably that chart is getting bigger. And there's always a talk about consolidation in this space. While at the same time, new entrants, you know, enter different, you know, different segments, you know, at a very, very rapid pace. So just kind of curious, you know, what are your thoughts on the future of all these new MarTech startups and entrants uh, and this whole MarTech marketplace consolidation? Yeah, that has been a fascinating topic for debate for, for years. And it's still fascinating I look back at a number of the companies from 2011 when I first started this, and it's interesting. Actually, out of that 150, a large number of them ended up being acquired. A few of them went out of business. There was a relatively small number that we think of now as still independent brands. So very clearly, consolidation happens. I mean, 
not a week goes by, you don't hear about, you know, M&A activity in the space. But yeah, at the same time that, you know, I mean, the natural courses of, uh, you know, innovation cycles lead us to consolidation. It's just there are so few barriers to entry in software now. And there are so many opportunities in this digital transformation that every business is going through to take things that didn't have software before. And now, uh, you know, we can use software to unlock additional value in how we run these pieces or how we create them. The net number of software companies in the world just continues to be accelerating. And yeah, I mean, I track MarTech. So, you know, we look at that growth curve and we're like, ah, it's crazy. It's insane. You know, MarTech must be some anomaly. But every time I look at other adjacent fields, I mean, this is happening for software around HR, it's happening in software around finance, both, uh, you know, internal with business, but also consumer finance, so much innovation happening there. I mean, you certainly see it across, uh, right, all these consumer apps that are, you know, constantly coming up on TechCrunch and uh, places like this. It just, um, yeah, uh, the, the net amount of software in the world keeps growing. and. I don't think we've seen the peak of that yet. Is it because that it's very easy for, I guess, globally now, right, for anybody to start a company? And a lot of these companies potentially are trying to solve a very niche problem set, which somehow, you know, kind of gets incorporated into this overall, the problem, what, what marketers are trying to solve. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a mix. You've got some companies that they're targeting something very niche, and that becomes their opportunity to differentiate. They can actually do that niche better than anyone else. You've got other companies that are fighting for a much broader horizontal market who say like, listen, we're just going to be the best in this space. We think we can do it better than those who came before us. And then you've got another class, which is in many ways, like the pioneers, like there's just things like, you know, I'll go back to some old examples, but, you know, stuff like Uber, it didn't even exist. The concept of like how I would use mobile phones and GPS and payments to just all of a sudden like, oh, yeah, well, clearly given all of those pieces, we can change the way that people think about transportation. It's like until Uber started doing this, nobody ever even occurred to anyone that this could be a market. And then all of a sudden, right, I mean, now transportation as a service is a flooded market with all these competitors. And so I think we're still in a mode where the underlying technologies that are shaping the world, you know, there's, there's just stuff that keeps emerging here. And every time it emerges, something new emerges, it enables us to rethink the way business and digital life works. And yeah, that creates a lot of opportunities for entrepreneurs. So now, whatever the current number is, 7,000, 8,000, do you see that there's still a gap like you know, for new entrants or aspiring entrepreneurs, or even from CMO perspective, that is still not solved. Their companies are trying to solve either niche problems or they're just trying to, you know, follow a successful template. Like the example you kind of gave, like Uber, and, you know, people are just trying to create Uber knockoffs. But the, the gap still exists, you know, where CMOs and, you know, other marketers are still struggling that the problem is still not, still not solved. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't know any marketer that I've met who says like, wow, everything's perfect. I've got everything I need. It works exactly the way I want. I just couldn't be any happier. Even these categories that exist and the tools that exist that people are very familiar with now, 
there's a lot of opportunity for solving the things those tools solve in ways that are either easier for the marketer or more effective or somehow connect it with other aspects of uh, the business that we have so many things that grew up in silos. I think we're still in a mode here of discovering the synergy of how software is now starting to bridge these silos and develop synergies across different teams and departments within the organization. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity still. So I guess two, two part of question, right? This is a follow on to that, right? So all these, we can call it niche solutions or specific solutions. Is it now like there's an, you know, is there an overload for a CMO? And, you know, she is expecting that, you know, I wish that there's a consolidation or there's something that just comes, you know, out of a box and solves my problem. Or is it something that, you know, they're getting more and more familiar with, you know, best of the breed and they're okay staying it that way that, you know, I want the best for one category versus other and I don't want a consolidated solution. I think it's a mix, right? I mean, people generally want both, <laughs> right? They basically say, well, listen, I want to, you know, the smallest number of tools I have to think about, you know, uh, the, the smallest number of checks I have to write. Yes, other things being equal, that, that that is what I would like. On the other hand, CMOs are in it to win. So they're like, okay, well, I also want the tools that are going to make me, help me beat my competitors, you know, help me be a uh, hero CMO, and so I think where you see this balance is people recognize that, okay, yes, we need some coherence to the marketing stack. We need to rationalize our marketing stack. And I think, you know, the industry is actually doing some effort to move in this direction where it used to be for the major MarTech vendors, they were basically pursuing a sweet strategy. They were like, listen, you know, we're just going to give you all the tools you need, everything you need. It's in our box. You write one check to us, bam, you're done. And as compelling of a vision as that was, the problem was, yeah, there's just way more things to be done and way more change and innovation happening across marketing than any one company could ever hope to solve all those use cases for all the different, you know, segments of customers they support, you know. So I think what's started to happen is people are like, okay, well, can we actually structurally achieve the best of both worlds by instead of having these closed suites, trying to move to a world where, okay, you've got a set of foundational platforms, these things that become the center of gravity for, uh, you know, a particular MarTech stack or a particular pillar of your MarTech stack, but that these pillar products now become very open. They've got uh, now official ecosystems of ISVs who are able to plug their special innovation, whether it's, you know, niche or, you know, to an industry or a particular functional expertise, you know, they can plug it into those platforms and you start to get to a place where, okay, the CMO gets the best of both. They get those, those common foundational systems but they also get to pull from a very diverse range of ecosystem apps that give them the best capabilities for what they want for their particular business. Very interesting. So I guess you have often spoke about this, right? I mean, now as, as there's so many you know, new technologies that is available for CMOs and this whole MarTech concept, but is it that CMO's role is becoming more like CTO or it's kind of lying between marketing and technology kind of blurring away? 
and throughout the future role, I mean, like, so what would be the role for this quintessential CMO in terms of skills required, you know, in future evolution of the role and kind of what marketing team would look like, you know, say in future? It is a really interesting transition that the profession of marketing is going through. I think, I mean, if I, my belief is the biggest change that's happening at the CMO level is previously CMOs used to have a relatively narrow domain, right? You know, it was largely like, okay, well, you guys will take care of the advertising and we'll let you do brand positioning and all right, maybe you can fool around a bit with pricing and packaging, but it is relatively a communications, you know, mass market communications mission. And what's happened accelerating over these past several years is increasingly the CMO is the champion of the customer experience. And the customer experience is incredibly, from the very first touch point that someone might have, you know, in discovering a company all the way through their, you know, buyer's journey of, you know, deciding when to buy, who to buy, making that initial purchase. But then what happens after that purchase? That to me is the role of the quintessential CMO moving forward is someone who is really got that end-to-end vision of championing a tremendous customer experience. Now, as part of that, yeah, we've gone from a world where it's mostly just about content, you know, being delivered to audiences, and it becomes this much more operational uh, thing. It's like, okay, well, what sort of technology and operations structure do we need to deliver that customer experience across all these touch points? And there, I don't think the CMO needs to be a technologist. I don't think they need to be a operations guru, but I think they need on their team someone who is. I really do believe that this function of marketing technology and operations is one of those critical capabilities that must exist at a senior level on the marketing team. So uh, yeah, the CMO doesn't have to be that chief technologist, but boy, they better have uh, <laughs> someone that they're uh, relying on. Fantastic. You kind of often spoke about integration being the important in this entire MarTech space. Uh, just following the insights you were giving, like how this role is becoming more technical, how there are so many you know, different tools and technologies. So I guess integration being an important piece that kind of stitches the whole MarTech you know, stack so according to you, for a smaller companies that are looking to scale to an enterprise companies, are there certain tools and technologies that, you know, which are like fundamental, you know, that they should really think about before they scale up because otherwise they're going to have downstream problems? Yeah, I think probably the single most important decision you make is what is going to be your system of record for customer information because this becomes the center of gravity around which you know your marketing efforts run uh your you know sales teams engage it's crm you know it's customer relationship management if you don't have that foundation it's kind of hard to build anything else and then i think once you've got that depending on the nature of your business obviously if you're in e-commerce or something related to that you know your your e-commerce platform choice is going to be a huge next step if you're not in e-commerce, still probably what you're using is your web experience, digital experience platform is probably the next big piece. You know, and then you start to layer on other capabilities depending on what your go-to-market and, uh, you know, target audience is. 
that makes a lot of sense. But so here we as a data company and analytics company, we love data and analytics. You know, so there is you know a lot of talked about you know data and how data is kind of evolving in you know, ability to hyper target segment creating different specific insights using technographics and intent data and now the advent of CDP and so forth so in terms of insights and intelligence that uh, teams within an organization can draw from that martech platform and data is there any biggest lags that you see, you know, today? Yeah, that's interesting. I agree with you. I mean, the value of data in this environment is tremendous. I think if there are places where I see companies having challenged with it, it's that even if they get the data, it's are they prepared to execute effectively on that? I think I've generally seen that sales teams, when they get this data, um, they tend to be pretty savvy about taking advantage of it because, you know, it's a, it starts to come down to a one-to-one relationship. And the more they know about that particular buyer or that particular account, that's where their professional skill comes into, uh, you know, really tailoring those discussions. But yeah, the larger organization, I think, still struggles with how to effectively harness that data some companies do a tremendous job with it. Others, I think, are still learning. And I think the other thing that, you know, again, we talked about this earlier, is I think we're still early in the days of orchestrating across different departments that the customer engages with. That, you know, I mean, again, like customers that have marketing touch points, sales touch points customer support, customer success touch points. They have touch points with, uh, you know, finance. And generally speaking, most companies are still not very good at orchestrating, using technology and data to orchestrate those in a way that, oh, okay, well, whichever touch point, you know, we connect with a customer, there's sort of a seamless recognition of them and uh, the company's conversation uh, with that customer as a whole uh, uh, has, uh, you know, is really coherent and compelling. I think, you know, this is hard. This is this is stuff, you know, we've never even had the technology and data to really do before. And so I think uh, it's totally understandable that, yeah, we're still working through. We're still writing the playbook. Uh, so exciting. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I mean, that's that's something we think about day in, day out. Um, so definitely this is a this is a newer domain. And I think there's a lot uh, potentially can be done, you know, in this area. So maybe just, you know, for our for our listeners, you know, maybe having some kind of tangible insights as to, you know, based on experience, having helped so many companies and, and uh, as a thought leader, are there some examples of companies that successfully use the MarTech, you know, stack, including tools that they use to kind of create better end-to-end customer experience that have helped them move the buyers across the stages of the journey? Yeah, I guess this would be a little bit of a plug for the Stackies, which is an awards program I run uh, with the MarTech conference. But yeah, the short version is every year we uh, have a contest where we invite marketers to send in a single slide that illustrates how they think of their marketing stack. So it's a combination of them actually identifying the different tools that they use, but more importantly, putting them in the context of how they apply those tools to deliver value to the business, deliver value to customers. 
And so, yeah, you know, if you go through, uh, there's now like 200 of these statues. We just published them all up on SlideShare. So, yeah, I mean, they're free for anyone. But, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, uh, folks have put together some just amazing ones over the years. Uh, Cisco uh, has done a really amazing job about thinking about how they orchestrate their business with marketing technology and have been very generous in sharing their stack. In fact, they shared one over a couple year period. So you got to actually see how their stack and their concept of it, uh, you know, evolved year over year. You know, Microsoft shared theirs. Um, yeah, there's there's some gems in there that, I mean, I certainly have learned a lot from. That's fantastic. We can't resist asking you about your predictions for MarTech in terms of MarTech products that will gain more attention and momentum in coming months, years. What's that quote about predictions are hard, especially about the future? Um, <laughs> part of why it's hard is because I feel like if you were to extrapolate the innovation that's happening today, it would sort of lead you to one set of conclusions like, okay, one thing that would be, I would feel very comfortable extrapolating is this platform movement where, again, you'll see more and more of the like the major MarTech players are going to have these very open platforms and the ecosystems around them, I think are going to get much richer and deeper. These integrations will be a lot smoother. I don't know if we'll ever get to the place where it's as simple as adding an app to your iPhone or Android, but, um, you know, hopefully asymptotically, right, that is what we're uh, what we're reaching for. But I think the thing that always makes this stuff challenging is there's just so many surprises that change where things may go. And I mean, like the couple that have certainly been, we've all been thinking about lately is stuff like privacy and the regulatory environment around data and how this will change and how will consumers take uh, more control over the, their data? Will they? I think it's still unknown to say, uh, okay, over the next several years, you know, what will happen there? Uh, and then maybe even related to that is stuff like, um, you know, these blockchain technologies where, okay, you know, not all data is equal either, right? We start to get into a world where data... We can distinguish between, <laughs> to turn a phrase, you know, real data versus fake data. <laughs> That's going to open up a lot of really interesting possibilities, you know, how the technology landscape changes in marketing too. So I wish I could offer better predictions, but I am as curious as anyone to see what the next five years will bring for us. Well, that's fantastic. Well, again, Thank you so much for taking time coming to our podcast and talking with our audience. Definitely there are a lot of insights. What you shared, any parting thoughts, you know, or advice you'd like to share for our audience? Thank you for having me. Again, there's so much happening in MarTech that it can feel really overwhelming. I guess I just want to assure, you know, all of your listeners, everybody feels that way. I feel that way. I live for this stuff and I feel overwhelmed. And and part of it is to just take a deep breath and just recognize we're in a period of history where there's just tremendous change happening in the world. Nobody can stay on top of all of it. And so you have to just sort of take a little bit of a Zen approach, a deep breath and be like, okay, I'm going to focus on a set of priorities that's most relevant to me and my customers and take it a step at a time. And the fact that, yeah, there's a whirlwind of stuff out there in the world. Yeah. Try not to get uh, too distracted by all of that because um, one step at a time gets us down the road. I couldn't agree more. Well, Scott, thank you so much for spending this time with us. We really appreciate it. 
we hope to you know connect with you in future. So if a listener wants to reach out to you, connect with you, if any have any additional questions, what's the best way to do it? Well, I'm uh, Chief Martek, and that's C H I E F M A R T E C without the H at the end. Well, I know it's a kind of strange one, but uh, Chief Martech, uh, chiefmartech.com is my blog and I'm at Chief Martech on Twitter. So definitely feel free to ping me there. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. You too.